You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you tired of the I can't mindset? The I'm not good enough mindset? Do you feel like your negative thoughts control your life? Well, you came to the right place. Because in the next 30 minutes, you will learn how to break free from the limiting mindset of anxiety, fear, victimization, depression, trauma, and self-hatred by reprogramming your subconscious mind. It's time to master your mind with Dr. Erica. Hello, hello, good people, and welcome to Master Your Mind with Dr. Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is a good day. Day. I am here in Chicago, Illinois, and the sun is shining today. And I don't know about you, but whenever the sun is shining, it just lifts me up, gives me just so much beautiful energy, and I'm just, I'm happy. And I am here with some amazing guests, Sivan Hatchett, Hassett, and Rachel Reed Wilkie. going to talk a little bit about this new book, Entering the Mind. And so I'm really excited. Um, everyone knows I am a psychologist. I've been practicing mental health for 25 years, and I really see the value right now. There is so many people that are struggling with anxiety, stress, all of the change and uncertainty. And so I am starting a support group because people need support. Everyone needs support. And I think, you know, I'm hoping that we are eliminating and eradicating this stigma around mental health. And I often talk about how mental health is just human health, because if you are human and you are living on this earth at this time, we are all all on our own unique journey and we need the support. We need human support. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm still coaching. I'm still providing uh, mental health therapy. I'm still advocating for the daily use of CBD, which I don't know where I would be without it (laughs) because CBD for me, it just helps me stay calm and focused. And I'm able to really that along with the meditation practices and and other things that I do that I often talk about um, on my show. But again, it's essential that we begin to pour into ourselves. And so, you know, my special guests today are really about that. And I'm so excited to share um, C. Von Hassett and Rachel Reed Wilkie. They are, they say, co-conspirators in all things with heavy emphasis on spirit, which together they've been exploring since the day they met. Throughout the years, they have collaborated on numerous projects in the arts, both in Los Angeles and New York. I'm actually originally from L.A. And their time in the East Village culminated in a monumental exhibition, uh, Documents of Love, as the famed Hosfeldt Gallery in Chelsea, where the couple exhibited a diverse body of work, including poetry, paintings, photography, and a short film to the attendance of thousands. And upon returning to Los Angeles, Sivan and Rachel founded Riot, R-I-O-T, 
Riot Material Magazine, and it is now thriving and widely read uh, literary cultural magazine with its eye on art, word, and forward-aiming thought. Rachel and C are the rare married couple who not only work and create together, but practice together day after day, side by side, often knee to knee, in the singular pursuit of knowing the deeper self beyond the conceptual self, that timeless, eternal being which bursts forth the temporal one. In that end, the couple live in contemplative retreat at their high desert ranch in the northern Mojave, a sacred landscape which sits just below 12,000 foot peaks of the eastern Sierra Nevadas. Beautiful. Here, beyond their full immersion into the meditative practice, Sivan wrote Entering the Mind, while Rachel delivered to the world her inaugural spoken song album titled 11, 11, X1, <laughs> and so XI, okay, XI, and so just welcome, welcome so much, uh, thank you for being here, I saw the beautiful scenery of where you all live, and it's breathtaking, <laughs> I think if I lived in that environment, I would be on cloud nine too. <laughs> yes. So, yes. you know, I, I want to talk, you talk, you talk about in entering the mind, you talk about this I, uh, meditative practice called Dzogchen. 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 And so I really want you to talk a little bit about just your journey. It sounds like your journey of coming together in what you all have been doing this practice, but a little bit about this meditative practice too. It's so interesting to me. I really want to hear more. Yes. Well, I think you and your guests, you and your listeners are going to love it because it really does address mental health issues of every single kind uh, without even really trying. Because when, you, when you're entering the mind and you're looking to see it in its natural state, you're looking to see the mind that gives rise to the conceptual mind, which also gives rise to all of our anxieties and fear and depressions and all of the things that we feel in the Western world that is just, you know, beating us down day in and day out. Um, there's a good reason for it. I mean, we're living in a society that doesn't tend to our basic needs on a spiritual and emotional level. So we're feeling adrift. And this beautiful practice points us directly into that sacred space that's within each one of us and says, get to know it. And it gives you the tools to do it on your own. And what, what occurs quite quickly is the, the release of all of those anxieties, of all those depressions. And in the vacuum, because nature does, doesn't like a vacuum, it fills it with love, joy, um, compassion, all of the things that we aim to be in this world um, with, you know, this love for the world and love for our fellow fellow man on this planet. So uh, Dzogchen is an amazing practice and it's truly something to pursue um, in, in your everyday life. So how is it? So I imagine you uh, both as a couple have been practicing this together how is it different from meditation? Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what it's the experience is like? I know you talk a little bit about reaching this kind of empty space and then it's filled with those beautiful emotions. And tell, tell us more about that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, meditation allows us to relax. Meditation allows us to kind of sit with ourselves. So all meditations are great. Um, the, the unique thing about Dzogchen is it, it's, it, it allows you to go in and then it says, look, I want, while, you're, while you're just relaxing in this beautiful mind space, I want you to pay attention to this part of your mind that's not doing anything. Um, and most people like, why would I pay attention to that? You know, there's nothing there. But this is it. You, it's the part of it's like, you know, looking at the space in front of us and seeing all the activity in that space and and somebody saying, forget about all that activity. Look to the very space that's giving rise to that activity. Most people don't even pay that one moment's attention. So we do this within our own minds. And what we recognize is that space is fertile and it's fertile with the essence of ourselves. And so this is where Dzogchen is unique because it, it actually points it out for us. So we recognize it. Otherwise, we wouldn't recognize it. And from there, it's just about sitting within it and observing it, like uh, kicking your legs over the edge of the Grand Canyon, just observing the amazing view. And that's all you're doing. Yeah, it seems so easy and simple, but Often when we mention meditation, especially to a lot of the clients that I work with, they seem to not be able to wrap their head around this silence or this kind of space in just sitting and just being with themselves is something that I think is sometimes uncomfortable or just unfamiliar. Can you yeah. speak to that? Yeah, it's so true. And it's also because I think, especially in the Western culture, we're not given any training techniques in which to calm our thinking mind. I mean, from little babies, we're taught that, um, you know, go to school, learn, um, read books, fill our minds with knowledge and, um, you know, use your intellect to maneuver yourself through this world and navigate your path through um, smart thinking. So the thinking mind is revered in our culture, particularly. Um, and that's not to say that our thinking mind is in any way wrong. Of course, we need our thinking mind. We need our thinking mind to operate you know, within this three-dimensional realm that we're all living with. And, um, but, but what this practice does is it teaches us to train the thinking mind, which is our everyday mind. It trains it to calm down and it trains it to just um, relax to the point where we can actually begin to observe the thoughts arise and fade away, arise and fade away. And so, and this is the premise for most meditation practices. It's about calming down the thinking mind. And, and like most meditation practices, this is something that's unfamiliar with us. And so many people will sit down and they try to meditate and they get super frustrated <laughs> because they just can't do it. And they say, oh, I can't meditate. That's it. You know, um, it's too difficult for me. I can't stop thinking. Well, we don't need to stop thinking. We just need to shift our perspective and watch the thoughts. And so this is where we become non-judgmental. There is no good meditation. There is no bad meditation. Sometimes we sit down and we meditate and we feel that we've had a very peaceful meditation. Sometimes we sit down and our meditation has been ripe with thoughts and thinking and planning. And, you know, for some reason, that particular day, we just could not calm down our thinking mind. But that's OK. There is no judgment. 
the the fact that you sit down each day and spend, even if you just start with spending just a couple of minutes, just sitting still with that thinking mind and teaching yourself to observe and just watch. That is the very beginning. And the key to that is to not judge the success or failure of the meditation. I like that. So however you experience yourself in that moment, it's okay. There's no judgment. If you find a deep inner peace, because I feel like for me, when I sit quiet or I put on like, let's say some binaural beats, my body just relaxes. Mm -hmm. It's like I can feel the body just. (sighs) And that's one thing that I usually do on my show before I start, I always say, let's take a deep breath because so much of us aren't really deep breathing. Yes. So does deep breathing play an important part in the uh, Dzogchen? Not, not directly. Um, Dzogchen is, um, is based on um, more of a, it's almost a conceptual path to lead to the non-conceptual. Um, so it doesn't particularly focus on a mantra or breathing, um, but, but you can use those techniques to enter into the space. So some people might have a certain practice. It could be transcendental meditation, which focuses on a mantra. It could be shamatha practice, which begins with focusing on an object so that you can, you know, direct your focus on an object, or it could be maybe vipassana, which focuses on the breath and focuses on breathing. So there's many different ways to um, train the conceptual mind to simply calm down. And when you calm the mind down, then the body will follow and the body will calm down. But the, but Dzogchen takes you one step further. So once you've actually calmed the conceptual mind down then so Chen will actually point out recognizing the non-conceptual mind. And when you recognize this space, which is this emptiness within you, within each and every one of us, but within yourself, your own individual emptiness, which is, it's not nothing, it's emptiness with awareness. And this emptiness with awareness is your innate nature. And when you recognize this, then um, you learn to rest in this so that you become more and more familiar. And then it opens up into this spacious awareness and you begin to reside in this spacious awareness. And this is where Zogchen kicks in and you actually then allow for all of the inner wisdom to arise within that spaciousness. I love that. That is so beautiful and eloquently spoken. I I can completely visualize the process. Do you find that that um, knowing is similar to like the intuitiveness or the intuition? Well, yeah, intuition comes out of the knowing because you already know. We all already know. But we're kind of like we come into this world and all that knowing gets beat out of us somehow. We, we, we learn to doubt it. <clears throat> the knowing is there. And this is what, why it's such a beautiful practice, because you just re-enter the knowing. And this is where all the intuition arises out of. The intuition comes from the heart. The intellect comes from the mind. Uh, but the knowing is, is innate to our own awareness. 
and this awareness being goes on forever and ever and ever. It, it assumes bodies. It, it dispenses with bodies. It moves into bodies in dream. It moves into bodies in death. And all these different bodies are just representations of a single awareness. And this awareness is, is, is our own. We all have our own awareness, but it, it, it resides in a body of awareness that moves throughout the entire universe. So the knowing is there. The awareness is there. All we have to do is learn to understand it, become familiar with it, and then inhabit it full time. Yeah, it, it kind of is like that greater consciousness that, you know, is often talked about when we um, don't focus so much on the physical, but we allow, you know, this consciousness, awareness of all things Um how long would you say does this practice take to really, you know, uh, either develop it as a skill? Is there a process that you go through when you're training? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, each, obviously, each person, I think, was going to be quite different. And it really depends on how committed you are. Like, uh, some people are just driven. They, they're driven by their own fear by their own anxiety by their own depression they're driven to know they're driven to kind of escape from the pain and suffering of life and so they're driven hard and they practice every day and other people practice kind of casually and all of it is in relation to where we are in our lives at the moment it's all perfectly suitable to who we are so but if you're if you're really um understanding the teachings and understanding if you can, if you've already learned to recognize your own natural state, it's a very swift process because the more time you spend there, it could take months. I mean, some people who have a high capacity can learn and, and arrive in the minute they hear the teachings, but the rest of us need to kind of practice. And you sit down once a day, twice a day or more, and you just, you enter into that state, you recognize your own innate nature and you rest there for a while and you let it speak to you. And each time you do this, you begin to release the that old chatter that just doesn't that that is kind of a habitual chatter. Um, and you also, the deeper you get into it, you begin to recognize that we are not necessarily our bodies; that our bodies are actually our bodies arise within the awareness being. And this allows us to see that everything is one; that we are all drinking from the same bowl, essentially. Um, so. This knowledge, you can't, un <clears throat> once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so this informs our perspective quite significantly. And that can happen rather quickly. You know, it just depends on, on, on how much time you want to give to it. Yeah, I love that because I think that this idea of once you expand, that's it. You, you can't go back, you know. You can't every no. <laughs> right and we already know so it's just kind of remembering remembering yes. where we come from and and um so you you talk about the the possibility that if people were able to tap into this part of themselves or this greater consciousness that you believe there could be a time where we eradicate those mental conditions like depression Absolutely. and anxiety speak to a little bit of that because I believe that too. Um, yes. Speak, speak to a little bit of that. How powerful. I can yes, it is powerful. I'll speak first and Chris can definitely follow up on this. I can um, 
say that in the time that I've been practicing, which is um, it's less than Chris, it's just a number of years, whereas Chris has been practicing for a number of decades, um, I have felt within me an incredible shift. And it's a shift in, um, in trust. I, I trust the world around me. I trust the people around me and I trust myself. And, you know, whereas I perhaps was looking outwardly to um, lean into things that made me feel good or lean into things that made me feel positive or made me feel happy. I, I no longer put that trust in an outward situation or in another person or in another situation. I actually feel that trust welling up inside me. And it's okay that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's okay that I don't know what's going to happen the next minute. I feel that this beautiful sense of trust is growing in me. And, and when you trust yourself and trust your life and trust the beautiful flow of the universe, there this in itself eradicates the fear and the anxiety. And um, that's not to say that it doesn't sometimes arise, but I could see it arise and I now witness it arising and I say, oh, hi, I recognize you. Okay, so you're here to play a little game with me today. And I can actually watch this rise and I actually just watch it fall away. And, And this is something that I'm not I'm not training myself to do this. This is now spontaneously happening um, after years of practice. And so what happens in the meditation practice is quite specific, but then the effects it has on your everyday life is all encompassing and it affects your whole perspective on your life around you. I love that. I'm probably more in the camp of your, your listeners in the sense that in many ways, I was the iconic Western man. In other words, I was riddled with anxiety, fears, battled depression. I came from toxic, uh, a toxic family background. Um, so that it was just confusion galore. And this, this essentially drove me to the teachings ultimately where I, I landed on them. I recognized that even without practicing them, but in reading them, I recognized that there was something profound happening in, in these teachings that was totally different from anything else. So I started practicing and um, as I began to realize them and make really come to understand what was going on, how the teachings were pointing me in the right direction. Um, just within, I re- uh, within a few months, I reckon looking back at that, Oh, wow. You know, this situation would have created tons of anxiety and I'm walking into it with absolute confidence. And this situation would have brought up fear or, the way, I'm, way this day is playing out could have sparked a, a mode of depression. None of this happens anymore. And it wasn't, again, like Rachel said, I wasn't trying for that to happen. I was trying to understand the teachings and practice the teachings. And then as a result, in finding success, all of that stuff just disappeared. And I was completely blown away. And I still am, you know, like 50 years of, of battling with the normal conditions of our, of our world and now totally free from it all. So it, it really works. Yeah, the teachings are amazing. Wow. I, I love this concept of trusting yourself because I think so many people lack that. It's like they're so focused on the external. You yeah. talk a little bit about the labels and, and you know, 
yeah. all of these boxes that we have to check off to, to be successful or to be valued in everything is really inside. It's yes. all inside. Absolutely. And it's interesting how with each technical incarnation we're, we're given, you know, every decade you see a new mode of us expressing ourselves into that technology or into that platform, the more riddled with fear and anxiety and the more we, we just lose ourselves. We're losing ourselves daily to these, these external platforms. And the only solution is to sit down on your own in your bed or on the couch find a beautiful space and to just turn within and that's going to clean all of the mess up not yeah. just within ourselves but within the world absolutely and i think that like you were saying people are so in their conceptual mind or so much in this thinking mind um that it's hard to believe yeah it's yeah. hard to believe that there's a consciousness or there's a, a experience outside of that yes yes that's so true and i think again it's because we're we're educated to focus on the i so it's about i do this i am this this is my career this is my job or this is my education or this is my house this is my car and so this idea of ownership i own myself i own my house i own my job um now, in itself, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, of course, technically speaking, we do, we own a house or you own your job or you own your name, but it's the attachment that we give to that. And we are taught when we're young to um, believe that that is our reality. Um, but what these teachings tell us, that well, they show us how to shift our perspective so that the I-ness and the I-entity no longer holds that, um, it no longer holds us in that one perspective. And what happens is we start to shift and, and, and that I entity effectively is our ego. And everybody obviously is familiar with the word ego. And ego actually, when it translates into Tibetan, means ownership. And so it's very interesting when you let go of ownership, and that's the ownership of self, the ownership of the I, when you let that go, you're actually able to perceive your world, as you said earlier, as one, we are all one. And that's not to say that we don't have our individual perspective on it, because our consciousness is an individual perspective. But when our consciousness merges with the universal consciousness, that is when we know, and that is where we experience the knowing of this oneness that we are all part of. It's beautiful. How is it, <clears throat> how is it working together as a married couple, as a team? Speak a little bit about that. Well, we love it. <laughs> What's great is that you, you bring a lot of responsibility to a situation that, you know, at some, you know, early in our lives, you know, it'd be so easy. Oh, no, this is your fault. Or, you know, I'm angry because you did something, you know, this, this doesn't really happen anymore because, you know, you can just simply watch the anger rise up in you, or you can watch the irritation rise up in you and you could just observe it instead of, you know, laying blame on the, somebody else. You, you just look at yourself and you say, ah, yeah, I see where it's coming from. But beyond that, it's just such a pleasure to we wake up and have tea together every day. And then we then we sit, sit up in bed and meditate for a half hour or so. And then we have our coffee and start the day. So 
Um, yeah. It really works. It's great to, you know, kind of live a life like that with someone. Yes. And, and of course, the creative projects that we've been involved in, we, we genuinely love each other's work. So, mm. um, you know, we really respect each other's creative expression. And so we're always very supportive of that. And, um, and we're always encouraging each other just to go a little bit further, go a little bit, you know, deeper. And so we, you know, we, we help each other explore those unknown worlds within this beautiful three-dimensional world that we live in as well. So we, we do like to push our boundaries as far as we can. <laughs> we help each other do that. I love it. I can feel the energy between you is so peaceful. It's so peaceful and, and, and just uh, loving. So thank you. Can you tell my listeners where they can see more of the beautiful art that you do, learn more about the practice and uh, the book? Yes, thank you. Um, so the book, you can get it on um, enteringthemind.com. And that will take you to the page which will offer um, a click on the book to read more about the book and buy the book. Um, the tour, which is um, our radio and podcast tour. So this interview will also be posted there, which is very exciting. And then the um, a three-part podcast, which we prepared um, it's C and I talking about the key concepts in the book. Um, we get really good and deep into it. So that could be nice for somebody to listen to if they're thinking about buying the book or not. They want to learn more about it. Um, you can and, also read chapter excerpts from and, there yes, as well. Exactly. Mm. Um, so you can get a good taste for the for the literature aspect of the book. And this is all hosted on our magazine, Riot Material Magazine. So from there, I mean, you can also go directly to riotmaterial.com. And there you can have access to our whole magazine, which is art reviews, film reviews, articles on music. Um, we, we post new music. Mm. Um, we have um, all sorts of interesting creative content on there. That's um, And it's, it's free. Um, you can subscribe so you can get our monthly newsletter, but it's all for free. So we're just putting it out there and sharing all these beautiful works by all these incredible artists. I love it. Thank you so much. And I will be including um, the link in my description on the show so that oh, people wonderful. can have access to it and um, they can hear the podcast, they can read the magazine. And so I just want to say thank you so much. Um, Sivan Hassett, Rachel Wilkie, Entering the Mind. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I'm excited. Thank you so much yes. for having us. It's been such a pleasure. Such thank pleasure. you. Thank you. For listening to Master Your Mind with Dr. Erica. We will be back next with another terrific episode that will allow you to master your mind. Please visit HempHappier.com for more information about Dr. Erica and CBD.